At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey, everybody. I'm Rima. And I'm Wendy. And I'm Pake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Ozark. Today we are covering the series finale, season four, episode 14 of Ozark, A Hard Way to Go. Indeed it was (laughs) a hard way to go. Fitting. (laughs) Yep. Very apropos. Well, welcome back, Paige. Yeah. For one, I'm so happy that you're, you're you were able to join us. I know you're just coming off of your vacation, which I can't yeah. wait to hear all about. <laughs> it was fun. Oh yeah, I I have no doubt it was Vegas. How can it not be? <laughs> what a way to come off of a, an awesome vacation than to uh, come into such a deep and heavy right. <laughs> finale <laughs> episode like Ozark. I'm interested, and if you want to talk about like other episodes, I know I know you haven't been able to be here for all of them due to your schedule. Yeah. But if you have thoughts about other episodes in general or specifically this episode, tell us what you thought. I don't know because I have thoughts that pertain more to how I feel about how the series ended, mm-hmm. which I might want to hold on to that and wait till later on that. But uh, <laughs> so I, I guess just kind of as an overall for how I felt about this as a finale, I enjoyed it. Uh, I will, I'll talk about more kind of the points uh, in one of my points. I mean, it was good to see how they did kind of wrap up all of the different little storylines and, and gave us like a plan to get us from like, you know, where they were at to a finishing point for for the Bird family and all the things that were going on with it while still leaving us with a little bit of a unsureness. I don't know. It was it was an interesting way I, without getting into details, because I'll talk about that later, how they chose to end it, where it was a very happy, not happy ending. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which I don't know. Where, where else do you go with, uh, you know, a, a series like this unless you just full on Breaking Bad the ending, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, which I won't talk about in case people don't want to be spoiled on that if they for some reason haven't seen Breaking Bad. But if you have seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Without just doing something like that, then how do you finish the story of these characters and this family? Yeah, I don't um, I still don't know how I feel about the ending and how I feel about things overall. I'm, I'm still that's fair. juggling that. So I'm just kind yeah. of rambling right now because I'm like, I've seen it twice and I've had time to think on it. And I'm like, I still don't really know. Um, <laughs> like I said, that is totally fair. This episode's still really fresh with me, too. I, I didn't watch it. And I thought I would be able to, but I was not able to when Wendy and I recorded on the penultimate episode. Typically, you know, I'm running immediately to go watch the next one because, of course, we can't wait. But I was unable to and actually just watched it on Monday um, over the holiday. So it's still pretty fresh with me and i mm-hmm. haven't had a lot of time to really process it either so i yeah I, my two watches were last night and then again today while prepping so oh it's boy been right back to back so that's yeah. not a lot. <laughs> a lot of time no i haven't I watched it on <laughs> yeah. thursday and i've seen it at least three times 
Oh, wow. And I watched the half hour of Farewell to Ozark. So I feel like I'm in I a little... I've too. gone through the 12 stages of, of grief, and I'm a little bit better. <laughs> Going to be leaning leaning to you, Wendy, to help guide us. Um, well, what, what were your general thoughts about this episode, about the finale here? I was on pins and needles for the entire episode. It was hard to watch. It could have went in so many different ways, and the ending really wrecked me. At the same time, I think it was a really great series ending. The show, in my opinion, stayed true and hard till the end. I think I expected, and a lot of other people probably expected more mayhem and carnage in the last, like, four or five episodes. Mm -hmm. More of, like, a Breaking Bad style, like you said, Paik, or like a Sopranos. That ending really Mm -hmm. ramped up. And even though we didn't really have that, I can't say I'm sorry. I didn't want any of them to die, except the ones, I obviously, like, I kind of wanted Camilla to die, but then I kind of loved that she didn't. This was much more subtle, but yet I think it was powerful as well. Like, the things that happened, of course, like, some of them <laughs> were not subtle, but the things mm-hmm. that happened, even though we didn't have this huge, like, carnage and huge multiple shootout scenes what happened was subtle but very powerful in my opinion i agree and like i said this show is still or this episode is still very very fresh for me so i don't know that i've allowed myself the time to fully process i think i'm going to be working it out as i'm talking with you guys about it so i'll apologize (laughs) in advance if i'm still just unsure of my feelings and unsure of my thoughts i feel like i'm still just kind of putting things together and i've i haven't yet processed all my stages of grief yet just in general for the show being over the show i think was just so well done i know there's a lot of divisiveness over this finale episode i'm sure we'll probably talk about that. We might have differing opinions on uh, the events, but I, I'm like you. I don't need a, a t- I love action. I've said multiple times, you know, I love action packed um, either movies or TV shows. I think it's great, but I also appreciate the quiet subtleties as well that, that shows can bring. And this, this show, I think, does it really well. Uh, so much can happen, but it, it's in a more quiet, strategic kind of way and you know i think in a smart way so i i agree this i think there are probably some things you have to kind of like okay but other times it's i think still really smart and an interesting i think ending for our characters yeah well i think that we have a lot to talk about so let's go ahead and start getting into our points paik will you please lead us off this week all right. I was, I was trying to decide what to start with. If I wanted to just jump right into one of the biggest, heaviest kind of things, or if I wanted to start a little lighter, as light as this finale will let me go. <laughs> so risking the fact that one of you will take my other point that I really wanted to talk about, I am going to start on the little lighter okay. one. That's okay. Because, cool. well, if you, one of you, you goes with it, we're going to talk about it anyway. You we're start talk about wherever you like. Yeah, we're going to yeah. cover it all. So uh, the number three I just wanted to talk about, uh, Goodbye Nathan. We are finally done with him and kind of the way that all that was handled. We got some of this in the episode before this, uh, which is interesting because I don't know what all you guys have talked about yet because I haven't been able to listen to the episode yet. So I'm like, whatever you brought up. Yeah, with Wendy checking herself into this behavioral health clinic and just kind of like, it's like locking herself to 
to the gate, <laughs> you know, don't, don't destroy the, you know, where she's like, if I don't get my kids back, I'm just, I'm here. And I think Marty is sick of her shit in that. And he was like, I'm not even going to argue with this. You know what? I'm just going to Marty bird this thing. And I, he goes to Ruth and just straightens up, straight up threatens her life. I'm going to tell Camilla yes. everything unless you just, he's he, basically, he's just floundering. He's like, just, just get Wendy what she wants. Cause I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> like basically is what he's doing. And it, it works. <laughs> you know, Ruth knows that he's not kidding. He's tired of all this. Cause everybody's so close to being done with all of it. And she knows that he's not bluffing. And so she does. And she goes to Wendy for her own assurances. You know, she says, I will do everything that I can to keep Jonah and Charlotte from leaving, but they're old enough. They're going to make their own decisions. And if they hate you, they hate you. And I can't fix that. I can't change that. So, if, you know, if I do everything that I can do, then you're going to have to promise me that you keep me safe, which strangely enough, you know, Wendy and Ruth hate each other so much, but this finale, they kind of, not that they liked each other, but they there was a level of mutual respect that they finally found with each other in this ending. And I thought that was interesting. They had that common ground. Yeah, I was like, okay. And I think it's a lot of it was Ruth. Wendy had a hard time seeing Ruth blaming herself for Ben, even though that's what she wanted, I think, initially, to really see that. And, you know, while she's been in this manipulative and controlling place, knowing that Ruth just continues to hurt and hurt and suffer... It, it finally wears on Wendy enough to where she doesn't say anything to Ruth, obviously. Uh, she's still too proud in that moment. But it does affect her where she's like, no, I need to come clean at least to hurt my kids and let them know that, yeah, this is all on me. And Ruth doesn't deserve to suffer that way. Kind of a tangent. But um, yeah, I like that conversation and that common ground, like you said, where Ruth just looks at Wendy and says, your dad's a real piece of shit. Too. <laughs> like <laughs> she, she knows she's like, you know, I, you, she may hate Wendy to her core, but there at least is some sympathy there for her of having to deal with that childhood and growing up with that man, because she's just a little bit of interaction she's had with Nathan before, even in the episode before this, I'm sure you guys talked about with, you know, just the things he says, just so off the cuff, like, like, it's just totally fine to talk to a woman that way that you don't know, or you don't, you know, mm-hmm. it's, ridiculous and so she goes through with that mission where she goes and confronts him starts off friendly enough brings in a bottle of booze and they're even shit talking wendy together kind of just bonding over that and she's bearing through all of it you know right after wendy says anything is bearable and i think that's kind of what she goes through then is like even a conversation with nathan yeah it's bearable if i got you know if i know what i'm gonna do and he's just making all these just horrible sexist and disgusting comments and she just Rolls with him. Even to that point, he's like, well, every time my daddy beat me, I knew I deserved it. Which he's just like, oh, if only there were more people like you. It's like, oh, gag. Yeah. Yeah, but she rolls through it. And then I did like her kind of teasing at him where he said, well, you beat her. And just to see his reaction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You won. You got shown in Charlotte. Just Mm -hmm. the kind of little bait and switch on him. Mm -hmm. Just such a trash bag. But yeah, then she does turn it on him fully. Having him admit that he's only taking the kids in order to hurt Wendy. He has he doesn't care for them really at all. This is all just a selfish, angry way of him getting back at his daughter. Yep. And she threatens him at gunpoint to admit that to his grandchildren and tell them that they're not going with him anymore. Seemingly that worked. I mean, we just kind of cut right to the next scene of the kids going to talk to Wendy, but Ruth did the trick. Uh- <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to see that scene. <laughs> I know it would have been, <laughs> but yeah, Nathan's pretty much gone. Other than we see him one more time, where Wendy finds this kind of creative way to 
pay her pay him off to shut the fuck up and go away basically gives him all of this money through the foundation and was just like as long as you don't talk and you shut up and leave me and my family alone then you keep getting this money to help you quote unquote look for ben but you can use it for whatever you want you get to be you know so you get everything you want you get to be the grieving father you get to be this that but you just don't get to hurt me anymore so go away yeah uh, i think unfortunately nathan kind of gets off in this scenario with a bunch of money and you know he kind of wins in some way knowing he got the better of a lot of things but but also his family is done with him it, it, it's an interesting kind of way that they ended that story that I, I thought was interesting it was great to see ruth be such a badass mm-hmm. one last time in this episode in so many ways yeah. so yeah just the whole you know nathan arc of everything that they had to go through to get him back out of the picture, get the kids back, I thought was really interesting. I thought it was interesting Ruth didn't stay on the straight and narrow path for very long. Right, yeah. <laughs> she's already threatening people and shooting in hotel rooms. And she's going to launder money for the FBI. And, then, yeah. and just, right. she's just knee-deep well, in it. It's not all. illegal if it's you're working for the FBI. It's not illegal if their <laughs> FBI sanctions it. Right. I just thought she... <laughs> this is kind of what I expected because it's Ozark and... If she went on the straight and narrow, that would be a pretty boring ending. But I didn't think that Ruth thought that Marty was going to have her killed. I think she did it because she cared about Jonah and Charlotte. And she had already kind of gotten Nathan's number. Yeah. Right. And that could be be it, too. Because, yeah, when she's talking with Marty and she basically says, well, they deserve him less than they Mm -hmm. deserve you. Yeah. Knowing, like, it, they, I'd rather them be back with their parents versus, I mean, this guy is. I think in that drunken encounter in the previous episode that she had with him when he's like, oh, well, you know, never trust blondes and that whole, whole gross monologue that he had to Ruth. I think Ruth got a pretty good measure and could read between the lines and probably recognized a lot of her father in Nathan. You know, her father Mm -hmm. and Nathan are cut from the same cloth. And I think that she recognized that as a child of someone like that. And I I did like seeing that moment. Yeah, there's been extreme contention between Ruth and Wendy this season. There's been no doubt about that at all between those two. But it it was a, a nice moment, which, again, there's so many things. I know we'll talk about it. Just these little things that kind of make you kind of see Ruth's end there of the sh- of the show of what of what's to come kind of a foreshadowing. It was kind of nice to see that one little moment of we come from similar backgrounds, sort of, or at least from how we were parented and how our fathers were. So it it was nice for them just to have that one moment, even though they've had all that contention. And I agree. I think that Ruth does not care about marty or wendy at this point i think she has a little bit of maybe nostalgia feelings for marty and how close they used to be but i think that even he's really pushed her to the edge a lot but i do think it had a lot more to do with jonah especially and charlotte you know she has a thing for those those kids and i think once she realized who nathan really was she's like yeah no you know yeah marty and wendy are I mean, you can say all the things, right? But maybe they are better off with them than than what they are with Nathan because he he she realized that he really didn't. It wasn't about them at all. It was just about getting back at Wendy. Yeah, she wanted better for them. So you, you're right about about all of that. It was it was great. I was wondering though. I thought you know she she was forcing Nathan 
she's like, now you tell them what you told me. And I'm like, okay, great. I feel that needs to happen because I'm like, why haven't Marty and Wendy just finally told them? And I, and I argued with myself because it's like, well, they're probably not going to believe anything Wendy says. Marty, they're probably not going to believe him because he just goes along with whatever Wendy says. Mm -hmm. So do they need to hear it from their grandfather? Probably. But how, I mean, if he's being coerced into telling them, does that make him believable? You know, he could just be telling whatever he needs to say to get out of the situation. I mean, I know that Ruth probably needs to be there to hear it and prove that he's saying it to them to still hold the gun on him while he does it. I was questioning that because I'm like, well, you're coercing him to do it. How believable is it if someone's got a gun to your head to force you to tell, you know, what kind of person you really are and how you treated Wendy? Yeah. But yeah, I I agree with with everything that you said. Ruth got one last little. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wendy, what is your first point? I'll talk about the car crash. Ah. The car crash was a little anticlimactic. It had been in the back of my mind this whole it's been the whole season, right? It was in the cold open yeah. of the first episode. episode yep. Yeah. Yep. They all walk away from this crazy car crash where the van flipped over five times. I counted them. I I couldn't really be mad about it because I didn't want any of them to die. For a moment, I was worried about Wendy because she was unresponsive at first. Mm -hmm. Between Wendy confessing to her kids, basically her thought process of what she went through with Ben... And she's pretty honest with them. And I don't think anything that she's saying is new information for them. I think they've figured out Wendy's pretty ruthless and selfish. But somehow her confessing it to them and giving them the choice of if you need to go, it's okay, I'll still love you. And she seemed very sincere and heartfelt with that. Somehow between the car crash And her confession, the birds are all pulled in together into one happy, dysfunctional family unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I struggle with that a little bit. How, you know, contentious, especially between Jonah and Wendy, things have been for... And I mean, yeah, sure, surviving a, a car crash together is pretty major. And then, you know, like Wendy just confessing everything, even though I think there's still a little bit of manipulation in that because she knows... That only that level of vulnerability and openness is the only chance she's going to have her kids wanting to stay at all. So, I mean, there definitely still was a strategy to it. But uh. <laughs> And I think that's a crazy day that they had. They find out their yeah. mother's in a mental institution. Their grandfather is held at gunpoint by Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> and he con- <laughs> confesses all this crap. They think they're leaving Chicago. They're talking about all of that. They get in this crazy car crash. I mean, I don't know about you, but... My adrenaline would be pumping for days from mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the fact that Marty like goes, they get to the house and he gets right back in the car and drives off somewhere else. No, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so that's a crazy day that they had, and that may have impacted yeah. their feelings about. And then they go home and get dressed for the event. Right. I'm thinking, man, y'all are going to be feeling that tomorrow. Like they had to hop in the car and go see Navarro after they just had that car crash. And I'm thinking y'all ain't even had a chance to breathe. And y'all going to be feeling that car crash later. I mean, I know even just being, um, you know, rear ended uh, at one time in a car wreck, I felt like for three days straight, like I, I, I felt terrible. My whole body was just racked. And I can't imagine being in an 
accident of that magnitude and being, you know, flipped in the air that many times that you're just like, well, let's go party, man. You know, let's go, <laughs> go, let's go to the jail. Let's go party. I mean, I know they have to do these things, right? They have right. to do these things, but, and it's all critical, but I'm just like, man, y'all just don't get a break. Like, <laughs> I'd go home and soak in some Epsom salt for like two or three days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> The priest asks Wendy, how many times does God have to point at you before you take notice? Mm. I believe that accident was your last warning. Knowing what we know now, I could see it go either way. But Wendy sees it as an assurance that they're going to make it out alive. Mm -hmm. It's all how you want to see it. You know, the, the priest sees it as a warning that if you don't get out now, if you don't stop now, you're never going to stop. Wendy doesn't see that at all. Uh -uh. She sees it as a keep going. Everything's going to be okay. She thinks they're yeah. untouchable. Yeah. It comes If we can survive that, then then we have what it takes to get to the finish line we've set right. for ourselves. Yep. Yeah. That's about it. I have lots more on Wendy, but I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> sure we all do lots of points about everything the car crash was one of my points as well so i'll just tag on to that like you said they they really did build this up and it ended up just not meaning anything for the main plot really they all came out unharmed and it really didn't have i don't think this this crash really didn't have a whole lot of purpose other than distracting us you know from the ending and i i feel like it was maybe a little bit of a red herring mm -hmm. so they could make the the twist a little bit more unpredictable maybe because they, they teased it, um, as, as you mentioned, all the way at the beginning of season four and kind of misled us a little bit. And it allowed, I think, them to kind of steer us into a different direction that we didn't expect. But I think at the same time, what I did appreciate about the car crash and like you mentioned, Wendy, with, with Fa Father Benitez, what he said, I, I feel like the this car crash also kind of reflected the birds in the Ozarks. Um, they they ended up in this car crash because of unexpected circumstances. You know, the truck veered over. It was out of their control. It was unexpected. They ended up surviving it. They got stronger because of it. And it just braced themselves for the next crash that could happen, right? Which is essentially how, you know, their whole lives in the Ozarks has been, really. That one, this, this one sequence of events kind of gives you the series in in a nutshell a little bit i don't know I, I kind of appreciated it for that i would have appreciated however if netflix had not spoiled me a little bit on <laughs> the end of that or, or at least i guess a, a tiny picture right. from from that i we were talking about that before we record i think one of i think one of the listeners might have mentioned that too on a previous episode that netflix had that when you're on the ozark page they had a picture and I can say it now because, you know, we've, we've all seen it, but it was a picture of uh, Wendy leaning uh, against the car with Marty. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it, it kind of um, took you out of it a little bit that you knew that they were probably going to survive that. So it's like, okay, that's not how they're going to like wrap it up. Like they're all, or some of them might die in this car crash. Right. So it would have been nice. Netflix. Can you please maybe control that a little bit better, please? And thank you. But I don't know. I, I did. I did find some moments to appreciate it because it also brought them together. It brought them back as this solid family unit. Yeah, that is key to what happens in the final few scenes there. Yeah, I thought it was funny that before the back half came out, 
There were a lot of crazy fan theories on that car crash, including I read that somebody said that Javi was driving the truck or Ruth was driving the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was fun to read some speculation about. Uh, And that's maybe why everyone was, or not everyone, sorry, but a lot of people, because I've read, like I said, very divisive Mm -hmm. thoughts on it and why maybe some people were so upset the the use of the car crash and how it really didn't have anything to do with anything. But I don't know. I think it kind of does. I think there's a little bit of a a metaphor there for that car crash. And it also Mm -hmm. helps solidify the events moving forward. Yeah. What what happens. And I think in the cold open, it was so alien because they were so pulled apart. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, yeah. what has to happen to get these four in a van driving together, talking about this new life and the FBI, and they seemed very cohesive. Yes. And what has to happen? Because we're not there at this point. Right. Mm-mm. And so I, I thought it was interesting. I, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it was, it was cool because they showed that conversation, like, of the mm-hmm. the family in the car, like, the exact scene just replayed from the first right. episode. But now it was in context, and it all right. made a little more sense. <laughs> right. It's awesome. All right, Pake, you're next. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, we talked about <laughs> her a little bit, but I, I want to talk about Ruth Langmore and all right. her final arc. Uh, I have lots of feelings on this. <laughs> yeah. This episode starts on Ruth. This was a very, <clears throat> you know, a Ruth was very important to this show. And especially this finale. Start with her after, you know, the ending of Mud last week. She's uh, taking care of Nelson's body, just burying it underneath the foundation of her brand new pool. And while she's doing that, again, she sees Wyatt there when she sees Wyatt. Or even later when she's got her kind of imaginary family reunion with all of her, her dad and her uncles and everybody back. I think it's part of her thinking about how far she has come from where she started. So, you know, these are the people that I was around. This was my surroundings. This was... You know, I've, I've come from that to, you know, I am on my own now, but look at, I, I'm demolishing these trailers and I'm building a pool and I'm a mansion, you know, <laughs> on this land. And it's from point A to point B where Ruth Langmore has gone. But it's not that she's like, thank God I left all that behind, but it's more, she does miss Wyatt specifically. But even in that other scene with the whole family reunion, you know, as much as she and her dad butted heads and he was not a great person. She sees him in a positive light here and even her uncles and everything. It kind of just takes her back to one of those fond memories of of the family time there. So a lot of it, yeah, I think it is uh, seeing where she came from, but also kind of sadly reminiscing on those times when they were good. And then while she's doing that, of course, she goes up on the roof to talk to Wyatt. And that's when three comes up, you know, catches her kind of talking to Wyatt. But he's totally okay with that. And he even asks to join her. And I thought that was quite a precious moment. And that's. You know, I watched the, you know, Wendy, you mentioned it, the A Farewell to Ozark special that came out. And it was interesting because even in that they were saying, and then the Langmores are all gone. And I'm like, well, three is still there. Uh, (laughs) Or three. forgets about three. (laughs) I know, everybody forgets about three. And so I'm like, you know, I I really, you know, thinking about three is like, I I hope he finds a good place in the world. You know, I assume that everything that Ruth had now goes to him. I mean, he's so. <laughs> what, the biggest landowner now. He right. has the money. I mean, I'm not sure what happens to his sh- sh- those shares in the casino. I mean, he was still a minor, right? I, don't I, know I think so, that, yeah. But, but if he's smart, he'll just get the hell out of right. there. <laughs> it was very sad 
to see the ending of Ruth. I didn't, I actually didn't cry while watching the episode either time. I was more just kind of in shock the first time. However, it was watching that Farewell to Ozark special, hearing Julia Garner talk about those scenes and talking about the character of Ruth. That's what hit me. That's what got me. That's when I lost it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. She goes out as badass as she could. She's not begging. She's not crying. She at least knew the birds didn't sell her out. I mean, she's there with Camilla and even just, you know, I'm not sorry. Your son was a murdering bitch and now I know where he got it from. So we're going to do this shit or what? I mean, she was ready to go with him. She was herself to the end. Yeah, definitely her, herself to the end there. I do hate that she had to die. I was not happy with that. I was like, oh, all the birds get away and the character that we really connected to and wanted to see something more for for didn't. And it was really hard for me to take at first. But then watching that farewell thing, I'm, I, I, so I definitely recommend people who haven't seen that to go watch it because it is. It offered closure for me. It did. It was it was really mm-hmm. good. Um, mm-hmm. And especially this part from it, I'll, I'll say one thing is when they're talking to Julia Gardner about it. And she refers to this story and Ruth's arc as a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. She she says that the Langmores were cursed is kind of the story of it. It says as much as Ruth had dreamed of breaking out, it was just never fated to happen. She was never going to make it out. And it's sad, but that's it, it kind of shows you that's that's the story. That's what we're being told here. This is a tragedy. This is not a happy ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the only way I'm able to to like process it is that there there are no happy endings here. Mm-hmm. Did you think Ruth was going to survive? I hoped she would. I it was it was kind of a 50 what well, maybe 60-40. I had more hope that she <laughs> would because like I said, we've all gotten so attached to her. It's like if, if anybody deserves a happy ending, it needs to be Ruth. But we talked yeah. about it last week is that mm-hmm. The more good things happened for Ruth, the more scared I became mm-hmm. for her. <laughs> yeah. Leading up to this episode. Yeah. And I saw you shaking your head, Rima. You didn't think she was going to survive. I mean, w- like we talked about last week when, when, okay, so she got her record expunged. She's decided to go clean. She is on her way up. And just as soon as there's hope, I knew there was... <laughs> something bad i just i don't know maybe that's my negative outlook that i sometimes have that i just shouldn't but i'm just i'm just jaded a little bit i guess that whenever i want a character to survive whenever something good starts looking good for them then i'm like "Uh uh-oh this doesn't doesn't predict well and then in this episode when she gets when she's remembering that nice day from her family that family barbecue you know her uncle's singing around on the guitar they're grilling out you know, hanging out with Wyatt. I'm like, this is like a goodbye. I was like, I do not feel good about this at all. It feels like this is a little Ruth send off. And she's having these happy memories. Um, she's having this nice moment with three. It feels like a close closure for Ruth. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't a huge shock to me. Uh, cause I thought, cause it reminded me very much and not that they were the same people. And, and I, I, Ruth was, I think better than Darlene, but you know, Darlene, 
it all came back to bite Darlene all the way from season one with her killing. Um, and I forget that dude's name every time, but uh, uh, Omar's um, cartel guy that he sent out there in season one when she shot him freaking right there. Del. Thank you. That was why Javi killed Darlene and, and Wyatt. Wyatt, just because he was there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. He was after Darlene, but because he was there. So those circumstances came up to bite Darlene here in season four all the way from season one. I felt like as soon as Ruth made the decision to uh, murder Javi, this was going to come back to her in some way. I'm like, she just, she made that choice. She yeah. could have walked away. She didn't. So I wasn't really surprised that it, it came. I didn't want it to. I saw, I, I wanted Ruth to live. She was one of my favorite characters in this show, but I just thought you, you just, you're not going to get, get away from that. Yeah. Not, not with Camilla anyway. This was one of my points, too, so I'll just move right into it. Yes, please. The tension of if Ruth would live or not was really hard to watch. I kept flip-flopping back and forth between, I know she's going to die, to, well, maybe she lives, maybe Mm. somebody comes at the last minute. We didn't see where Rachel was. I thought maybe Rachel would come. I actually couldn't watch it when Camilla had the gun trained on her. I had to turn away and hide my face. It, I know. It left me really wrecked. But even saying that it was well done, the standoff between Camilla and Ruth was so great. Julia Garner played it so well. She's knows immediately what's going to happen. She's pretty resigned to it. And she clearly says she isn't sorry that she killed Javi, that he was a murdering piece of shit. She's never going to beg Camilla for her life. She knows what the outcome of this is Mm going to be. Mm -hmm. And I disagree a little bit with what you said, Paik, that the birds didn't sell her out. I mean, they weren't going to sell her out for no reason, but they did sell her out in some ways. I thought they could have grabbed their kids, grabbed security, grabbed Ruth, called the police, There was considerable risk to do that. The risk could have been that Camilla had heavies with her that could have Mm -hmm. killed them. Although I don't know if they would open up fire in the middle of a political event, you know, and kill 20, 30 people. The cartel doesn't want that publicity in America. They want to do business in America. But we know that could come back to you at any time. Even if you were in witness protection, people are paid off. So I get the risk involved with that, but they could have chosen that line not to cross. Of course, the risk was off also for their plan that would have screwed up their plan that would have screwed up their futures and i think that had something to do with it as well but wendy and marty were going to keep going with their plan and they wrote ruth off as collateral damage Mm -hmm. i i do i have to appreciate that they they struggled with it at least to to a point but it was very i mean camilla was very much like if they look at Ruth the wrong way where it looks like they're trying to tip her off, you kill the kids. I mean, they were in a rough situation. So at least to see even Wendy, again, going back to that, as much as Wendy hated Ruth, to see her even being like, well, maybe we can get, we can just, you know, they're just floundering, just stressed out being like, okay, maybe we can reverse everything we're doing with Omar and put him on the SDN list and actually put him back in charge. And then we can save Ruth. And it's like, no, because you just severed all your ties with Schaefer. And so that's not going to happen now. And just seeing them, having everything come apart because it actually is marty surprisingly enough that's the one that has i'm gonna have to say it aren't i like basically like our hands are tied and we just have to let it happen and it was rough but i i 
again, I see what you're saying. Like they could have done anything, but I think they knew the second they tried to do anything, the risk on their kids and on them was too high and they had to prioritize and they picked themselves and their family over Ruth. Yeah, they, they kind of had to. But I think at least what I was saying earlier on from Ruth's standpoint, I mean, when she said, how'd you find out? And Camilla tells her, well, Claire Shaw told me. Right. It wasn't Wendy and Marty. At least in Ruth's mind, she's thinking, okay, well, maybe at least Wendy and Marty stayed quiet the whole time, you know? And this is what I didn't get in some ways. Like, Claire confesses it because she's afraid it's going to come back to her, but then lies immediately. Yeah, she keeps Wendy and Marty still out of the spotlight. And I I thought that was maybe a little unrealistic at that point. You have nothing to lose and you're just going to let it all go. But it was... Such a tense, well done scene. I, oh yeah, the I, second that Claire yeah says it was Ruth Langmore, I mean, just the deep pit that opens yeah. in your stomach, just like oh god, like you just immediately feel sick. And yeah, yeah, that was rough. Second watch, I could appreciate the artistry behind it, you know. Mm-hmm. But first watch, I was just dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard, hard watch. Well, obviously. Ruth is is one of my points as well. So I'll just add to what you guys had to say. And, you know, I, I think I think when Wyatt died, Ruth did too. You know, she just kind of moved along in life. She I know that she had or it seemed, you know, very hopeful by getting her record clean and getting those shares of the casino and doing all of these things. But I really just feel like there's was this big void inside of her since Wyatt died. And I think that she had this grief inside of her when she made the decision to kill someone else. And ultimately she paid for that decision that she made. And I mean, she sealed her fate. I And I'm not meaning this in like a negative way towards her because I do really like her, but there were some, I think flaws in her decision making, you know, her decision to kill Javi, knowing that there could be consequences if, if it's found out. Marty offered her a way out. Got this PI. He can get you, you know, get your name changed. You've got money. You can go away. And she said, no, I like, I like my name, you know, deciding not to launder the money. She made choices that that led to this, and I think that she came to a place of acceptance when she got home and saw the Escalade there, and she got out. Because I'm like, man, I don't know. I then pissed my pants and and peeled out of there as soon as I saw that Escalade. But I think that she just knew, and I think Mm -hmm. when she walked up to that Escalade, she just had come to a place of acceptance that she knew what her fate was in that moment. I don't know that she expected Camilla, you know, herself, not just like a, you know, one of her security guys or someone like Nelson or someone to do it for her. But it was actually Camilla herself that that was doing the deed. You know, I think she just came to this place of acceptance because she knew that whatever she did moving forward, she was never going to be able to fill that void inside of her with all of that money that she had getting her clean record. She couldn't escape essentially being a Langmore. And I think you said it well, Wendy, when you said that, you know, Langmores were essentially cursed. She couldn't escape that. It brought me back to the episode that she, before she had murdered Javi, and she had that conversation with, um, was it Big Mike, that rapper Big Mike, 
about Killer Mike. Oh, sorry. Yep. Um, I see. This... Yeah, I was. I didn't get to be on that episode, and I was like, ah, oh, run the jewels, baby. <laughs> this is not. I told you, I am not a hip hop fan, so my apologies. I know I'm not going to get some of this right, but the uh, song that she had had the conversation to him about, or the song that, that Nas had and they had this whole conversation about you know Nas growing up in Queens and always had the skyline of Manhattan you know and it was just out of his reach and never really kind of being able to get there and I think that calls back here like Ruth is never going to be able to get to that other side she's always going to be a Langmore she's always like no matter how much she could build this big lake house cabin she can build this pool but she's always going to be this Langmore she's never going to get to that other side and cross that threshold it was hard but I was like, well, she made choices that got her there. It hurt, but I wasn't super surprised. Yeah. Pake, what's your next point? All right. My last one here. Overall, I just called it Endgame. But uh, it was it's really the plans that they all had to get in place to, to be out and finish all of this. Which basically the two prongs of that are making this deal with the FBI and Camilla and the casino and then... Aside from that, outside of the FBI's reach, taking care of Omar Navarro, getting him out of the way, and, and making sure Camilla has full reign. And so that's, you know, Marty has initiated a way of getting the FBI to move Navarro without any previous warning to Omar or anything like that, which then sets up him the, the chance to give Camilla kind of this idea of, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, hey, they're, they're moving, Omar, you know, Navarro, last minute, nobody knows anything about it, so... If something was to happen, hint, hint, that, you know, that's just how things go. And, and kind of, you know, instills in her that, like, this is your moment to strike. You've got to take him out. You know, it's like, you know, maybe he tries to escape and they have to kill him. You know, that can be arranged, <laughs> right? Just throwing out options. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and, and, of course, Camilla goes for it. Uh, she does want to meet with the FBI for assurances first, which is understandable. Although they, well, really it was just Maya. But and versus the FBI, but screwed over Omar in the same instance. He even says like, "Yes, yeah, exactly what Omar said," and it works out for Camilla. Uh, get that um, meeting, of course. But yeah, we talked about uh, Father Benitez when he tells Marty and Wendy that Nelson's missing, and Omar is worried about it. Which, of course, I love that when uh, Marty goes straight to Ruth. I mean, he has to talk to her about the, the FBI meeting anyway. But I love how his first thing he's just like. Just tell me Nelson's not at the bottom of your pool. Because he's immediately thinking back to when he pulled up earlier to talk to her. And she's I was like, she's digging, digging in the dirt in the bottom of the pool. And then when she's climbing out of the pool, she says something like, no matter who you send to me, I'm going to. And so, you know, immediately he make when he says Nelson's missing, you saw, you could see it turning in his head. Like, <laughs> ah, <Ruth." laughs> like he knew immediately. Yeah. To where even when he asks her about it, she doesn't even have to say anything. It's like the immediate like look in her eyes. And he was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> like, why? Why did you do that? He knows 100% Nelson's buried on there. She doesn't even have to say it. But yeah, then gets her, you know, does give her that out, that possibility of an out. But does say that Navarro will be taken care of. So she won't necessarily need it, but does give her that opportunity. But she does say she wants to stay, continue doing what she's doing. And he does convince her to launder money through the casino again under the idea that well, the FBI is sanctioning it. You'll be doing it for them. So nothing's on your record. You're not going to, there's nothing that you have to worry about legally. So you just continue doing what you're, what you were doing for us. If the FBI knows about it and it's okay. Nothing under the law. And then Marty goes to speak to Omar, which Omar 
through his interactions with Camilla, had figured that she was the one that ordered the hit. But it's funny that actually the really the last straw for him was Nelson's disappearance. Even though Camilla actually had nothing to do with it, it was just Ruth and Rachel. But with Nelson gone, he figures that's the last piece of information information he needs. That oh yeah, Camilla ordered the hit. Now she took out my my guy because she's going to try again. And so he has this whole plan. You know, he says you're going to call this person and they're going to take out. So he's ready for Marty and Wendy to take out Camilla, put him on the SDN list, and get him out. And they just play along with him. Mm-hmm. And I I almost want to feel bad for him, but. It's, it's Omar Navarro, so no, I don't feel bad for him at I, all. I know. It's like, but, uh, do we feel bad for the drug cartel leader? Right. <laughs> but it's just this, he has so much trust in Wendy and Marty, and they play along. And as they walk out, he's like, okay, they're going to handle it. He's been fully mm-hmm. duped completely. Yeah. Like, they have screwed him over, and they got away with it. Which is, is crazy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I am glad that he figured out that Camilla, because I think you and I talked about it last episode, Wendy, like how... Mm-hmm. I feel like he's very smart that he would figure out that it was Camilla and he did. And, but it was that last episode that, um, or that last visit, I should say from, from her that, and I thought maybe that was going to be it. I was like, "Mm, you go in and you start reminiscing about the past. I feel like that Mm -hmm. little, little sus there. Um, So he did figure it out. Uh And he, he knew her. He knew that's what she was doing. And I, what I thought was really interesting about that was that he didn't kill Javi. He told mm-hmm. her that she believed him, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter. She still wanted him dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, Marty and Wendy have set her up with this perfect, That's a perfect situation, you know, yeah. brilliant plan. Yeah. yeah for her right. and her own greed and her own power. She's like, yeah, she yeah. She used to be everything and nothing. No biggie. And right. Yeah. It, 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 you <laughs> almost kind of knew what Omar was going to ask of Wendy and Marty by wanting to see them because he told them, uh, he's like, he knows you know, because they were like, well, why can't you just tell us? And he said, well, you know, there's, he goes, you know, there are some messages or he knows there are some messages that I will not pass, pass on. You know, there's some messages he will, but when it comes to needing to deliver a, a death, you know, warrant on someone, the priest will not go to that length. So it was kind of like, oh, they got to, Omar wants him to yeah. take someone out. <laughs> and that's why they need to go. The priest cannot yep. deliver uh-huh. that message or will not. Yeah. How about, how Omar died. Yeah, that, I mean, the transfer, quote unquote, uh, it does, it goes exactly, I guess, as they had planned it. The One of the guards, I guess, was one of Camilla's guys that she had on the inside there. And yeah, they pull him out. And as they're transferring him, he pulls over, uh, kills the other guard, tells Omar that, oh yeah, there's a car for you down the road. So you go ahead and has him walk, you know, a little distance away after giving him the gun. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, he was holding it, the DNA, all of those. He gives him the gun that killed the other guard, but I guess there's only one shot in it. It was all planned to where then he pulls another gun on on Omar and shoots him after that gun was emptied. So that way he can call in and tell that version of the story of, you know, whatever they whatever happened. They yep. pulled over. It was like, but Omar had a gun. He killed the one guard. And then he escaped. And as he was running away, I shot him and killed him. It was mm-hmm. masterful. Yeah. <laughs> I thought something was happening and Omar was getting away for a minute. Yeah. And then as soon as he turned around, then I realized it. But I thought maybe... It's like a double-double cross situation. You're like, oh, yeah. no, what's going on? Yeah. I thought either Omar had his own... Because I was, I was kind of hoping that Omar was aware of what was happening and, and kind of had his own plans outside of the birds, but... 
You know, so I was thinking either that or that Wendy and Marty kind of changed their minds at the last minute. Uh, I didn't know. But I kind of thought for a minute there that he was going to get away. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So Omar was was taken care of. Uh, and then the, the other part of this plan, of course, is just the, the FBI meeting, which I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. I, did the, they meet in the funeral home, which was like, ah, this poor old guy, Harry <laughs> there. He just wants to be important. He just wants to be involved. He's like, your meeting is back in the, oh, nobody cares. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then he said that that's an eclectic group. Of yeah. People. yeah. That was, he, he played, I think, the role of um, funeral director to perfection because <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I feel like their personalities uh, and, and how they are. So, yeah, he plays it well. The FBI deal, of course, I mean, it was quickly kind of just run over. But, yeah, I mean, Ruth and Rachel were to continue laundering the money through that. They have, you know, everybody had paperwork that signed, you know, you are completely pardoned and we can't get you for anything. You can't be prosecuted for anything because you're working with the FBI on this because it's all part of this cartel deal. Of course, they can't have Camilla sign anything because it is a corrupt thing the FBI is doing. They can't have official paperwork with a cartel leader being like, yep, I'm working with you and doing this. So it's got to be a verbal agreement, which she goes with. I don't know if I'd have that much trust in the American government. Oh, my gosh. No. A verbal agreement with the FBI. Um, (laughs) No, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, they get it done, move on. And that's where we get to the party. Uh where Wendy and Marty learn that they have some astounding support and backers enough to where Wendy feels safe and brave enough to go on downstairs and tell Schaefer to fuck right off. She sets an alert for his fraudulent voting machines, puts the FBI on his case. I mean, she's just feeling real smug and happy and with herself, but also feels like she's doing the right thing with these, these voting machines that are there just for rigging political elections and stuff in a way that she does not agree with. So clearly she does feel this kind of validation of being able to do that. The downside, I guess there's by doing that to, to Randall Schaefer, that the SDN stuff is all completely off the table, which at that moment, po- moment she's like, okay, fine. I don't need it anyway. Cause <laughs> you know, we, we don't need that anymore. Plans have changed. She's her own worst enemy. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. just can't stop herself. And she got so much enjoyment out of that. Yeah, she did. Yeah. But yeah, so that was kind of my last point was just really, because, I mean, all of those things really wrapped up the storyline. Because even, you know, after the unfortunate death of Ruth and all of this, I mean, yeah, they're they're done. What they've been talking about, they're out. Camilla and the FBI are running things with all the laundering and stuff, and the birds are no longer involved. They don't have to do anything with it anymore. They are free to go. They've been pardoned. And they're, they're it's time for them to just move on on their merry little lives. Uh, of course, there's some stuff there at the ending, but I'll, I'll talk about the ending a little bit later as a kind of an extra note, I think, unless one of you has it. But but yeah, so I mean, these plans kind of set everything aside. It's 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 kind of frustrating to know like, oh, that's the happy ending in a way that they gave control over to, to Camilla. Uh, she's running the cartel. That can't be good for a lot of people. Like, I feel like Claire Shaw, even though she said She'd live if she spilled, you know, she'd forgive her if she gave her the right information there. I don't see Claire Shaw living much longer anyway with with Camilla in charge. No, I thought the same thing. Yeah, she's too damn shifty yep. for yeah. me. I thought the same thing. She's so out of her depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just I thought it's interesting, again, that they did within this one episode. Because going into this finale, I'm like, how are they going to wrap this up? Because they're still neck deep in all of 
this cartel stuff? Like, where do they go? So to see them have this meeting with the FBI, get everything planned, take Navarro out of the way and be able to wash their hands of it and walk away free was really interesting. I'll just yeah. add to that. <laughs> I don't nice. think they are walking free. Yeah, let's, let's I, hear it. <laughs> I think I tried to think about what's going to happen to the birds from there on. And I think they're still in the thick of it. I think they're still going to keep on going. They're going to keep the ball rolling. And I kind of thought that's the whole point of the finale. The whole point of the show. They kept talking about lines that they wouldn't cross and getting out clean and getting out on the other side of things. But there is no getting out clean. There is no Mm. other side of the things. And they still have a collar around their neck from the cartel and the FBI. Absolutely. Yeah. And about what they've done and what they've caused their children's lives to be like. Yeah. You can't walk away from that. I kind of thought that was the whole point of the show is that this is their life. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the same as it was in the beginning, meaning they did all these things because if I take this step and this step and this step, then I'm done. There is no done. This is this is their lives. Mm-hmm. I liked that it stayed true to that. That's, I think, why I liked the finale. And I think you have to separate yourself from what you want for those characters versus the overall theme of the series. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted Ruth to get out so badly. And I think we talked about this last episode, Rima, where I compared her to Arya, (laughs) um, which obviously that didn't work out so well. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted her to live so badly, but I I totally get it. And it feels true and right for the show to go there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, The fact that they did end it the way that they did, it is. It's almost kind of that Sopranos ending in a way. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that it's like we're left cut, with cut to just black. <laughs> yeah, cut to black, literally. And that, but even in like the thematic version, it was like we really don't know what. Where do we go from here? But we do, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, but it, it's still questioning. Like, okay, but then what happens next? Do they really get out from under these things, or is it always going to be something that's holding over them? What are the moral and ethical and traumatic, you know, in, in, you know implications on? Jonah and Charlotte and this mm-hmm. family unit and who do they become? And we don't really get any of that, which again, that's not necessarily a complaint because it does just show that there are no happy endings. Uh, right. You know, this, this, I'll, I'll talk about my, my, the, my thoughts on the ending. If that's okay. Unless you have like a point on that Rima, I don't want to jump on that. If that's what you have. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, if you're finished with yours there, Wendy, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that's definitely my my next point is to kind of just kind of mm. talk about th- that in a way, the ending and how we got here, how we started, how we and then how we got here and how the birds got here. Gosh, I, I'm not even sure how to how to start out here. Wendy and Marty began by uprooting, you know, their family and deciding to go launder money for a, a drug cartel, knowing that a lot of this is probably going to be coming uh, with a cost and the cost was mostly by others. There's so few people that have survived by just being associated and around the birds. If you just go over the seasons, I've got a a list here, the body count, 
uh, Mason Young, Russ Langmore, Darlene Snell, Javi Alessandro, uh, and then most recently Omar Navarro, Ruth Langmore, and I think I've come to the conclusion also Mel Saddam. It's this show gives you or at least the suggestion that people like the birds, like I was talking about with the car crash, they're untouchable. I feel like that's kind of where where we landed there. The, the birds went from this boring suburban house f- or family to a ruthless, powerful family. And Marty and Jonah, who, you know, kind of tiptoed between light and dark side, you know, but in the end, I think embraced the dark side. And, you know, there, you know, there was... I think something beautifully symbolic about this final episode and with the ending there, even though a lot of it was, was hard to watch them coming out from that car crash unscathed. I mean, that's kind of how, that's how it, this show wrapped. Gosh, I'm having a, I'm struggling here with like how I want to say it. Even Jonah who, and I, and I think that's maybe where some people kind of struggle too is Jonah there at the end where, you know, he's, mm-hmm. we've seen him, um, over the last couple of seasons. He's really tried to put some distance between himself and his family, right? Like he, he's not, he was upset over Ben and what happened with Ben. He's kind of sick of his mom and, you know, sick of her manipulations. And all of a sudden he kind of switches there at the end but i think that i mean you have to remember this car crash and how the impact that this car crash had on them at this time um and that it that is what kind of solidified them as a family unit and this is how they came together to really protect the family that they're in it and this was kind of what sealed it there for jonah to murder Mel to protect the family secrets. And that is now bound him forever with his family. And I think their crimes for me, it makes sense, even though it was hard to kind of come to that conclusion that they were untouchable. It was like, I feared so much, especially for Marty. Like I thought Wendy was definitely going to be the one to die. And I think, and I can say this because it's a fictional character was hoping for Wendy's death. I never say that about a live person, but she's fiction. But and then scared for Marty because I I liked Marty so much that I I was afraid for his life. When in reality, they were all untouchable. We didn't have any reason to be fearful of them. And they said that during the dinner at the foundation or the the foundation fundraiser that they were doing, like they're bulletproof now. They can do anything. They put them up there with the cooks and the Kennedys that politically they're powerful. And I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think that they're out from the cartel and I think they're out from all of those dealings as far as the laundering money and, and having anything to do with the cartel, but that just moves them into a whole different, they're still dangerous because politically they're untouchable. They can do anything because they have all these political powerhouses in their corner now that they can get out of just about anything. Yeah. I don't think they're out from the cartel. I really don't because Marty's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. And all Camilla has to do is come and say, you're going to do this. They can't say no. I don't think they're out. They're never going to be out. You know, even when they're out, they're not really out. Mm. And especially with the connection between the FBI and the cartel. Yeah. I think more, the, the reason I do side more on they may be, not having to listen to Camilla anymore is because that FBI being part of that, where if Camilla is trying to say, hey, no, you have to do this, you're like, mm, 
well, you know, we know how bad the, the cartel wants their connections in America to not be taken from them. So actually, you kind of listen to us and the FBI or else they're going to cut all those ties because the FBI kind of has control of the cartel. Yeah, but that didn't stop her from killing Ruth. No, it didn't. And she was supposed to launder money for the <laughs> FBI. Like, yeah, I just think I, I really thought like I tried to think where are these people that we're leaving behind going to end up? And I thought the birds are going to end up dead or in prison somewhere down the road. I could be wrong. Maybe mm. there'll be these political powerhouses that are just yeah, as I, as the I, current ones we have now. But yeah. <laughs> Because I do. I kind of read it in a different way where I think mm-hmm. it's – I've said this a couple times. It's, it's not a happy ending. This is a the bad guys win uh, yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, I'm still – you know, I was struggling with how I feel about the ending. But so here's what I'll say is, you know, they all live. But it's not a happy ending. Uh, the birds end this story as the victorious villains. Mm-hmm. Even if they are managed to be done with the cartel, they're pardoned by the government. Anyone that would have anything on them is dead or taken care of. So really, like I said, they're they're bulletproof. They're untouchable. And I think they'll even get away with killing Mel. Uh, I don't think that's going to be any problem for them. Jonah killing Mel, by the way. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a happily ever after for them and a nothing but death, destruction, and heartbreak for everyone whose paths they crossed and lives that they entered and ruined. They left everything in their wake, yep. a disaster, but everything else works out for them. So it's not a happy ending. It's a the bad guys won and get the get the prize at the end kind of finale, I think. Somehow that ending just devastated me even more than Ruth. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it. I could see where it was going. I saw some people online stating that it wasn't true to his character, but he has spent his formative years with Wendy and Marty. Yeah. And even Charlotte, to a certain extent, was complicit in what was going on. Oh, she's the one that went to Aaron, to, you know, the, the lawyer, Helen's daughter, and is like, Basically telling her, this is cartel situation. You need to hush or you're going to well, die. Like, Charlotte's in yeah. this, too. Well, yeah. yeah Char- Charlotte, well, Charlotte's, I think, been in, in a little bit more deeper than what Jonah has been. And I know some struggle with Jonah and his decision there at the end. But as Wendy told Ruth, or maybe it was Marty that said, I think, well, sorry, I think it was Marty that told Ruth that she's the only person that Jonah will listen to. And Ruth made it clear to Jonah and Charlotte both that they were better off with their parents than what they were with Nathan. And so I think inadvertently Ruth had a part to play into being loyal to Marty and Wendy. And like I said, they, I I really think that the car crash had a very big impact on them as far as, you know, what they could have lost. I mean, they, I mean, something like that is something that shakes you to your core, knowing how, how close you could have come to death or you could have lost, you know, any one of them could have died in that car crash and they don't want to, to feel that again. So they're, they're going to do what they need to do to keep the family together. And I mean, I, I don't really see that it was that far out of character for Jonah to do that. And we've seen him point guns at people before and nearly shoot someone, but he didn't have ammunition. And I know that, um, Betty stepped in for him. So, I mean, he also held Helen at gunpoint. Too. Yeah, I mean we we've mm-hmm. seen this over and so, over again mm-hmm. with Jonah. It's it's been building, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's been building and again, I just I think that when Ruth is like, "Hey, you guys belong with your parents." 
you're better off with them. Then they see that, okay, this is, this is what we're doing. And he just sealed his fate with, with theirs. And I think he's a victim in, in similar ways that Wendy and Marty are in that he is thinking everything they've been through all these years, everything they've been through, the people that they've lost, including Ben, who he loved, Buddy, who he really cared about, all that is going to end with Mel busting us and and my parents going to prison. Like, (laughs) it becomes, I I have to do this thing to stop that from happening because otherwise everything we fought for Mm -hmm. is null. Yeah. And I think he's probably become a victim of that as well. But that ending wrecked me. It really did. I just Jonah. (laughs) I mean, it breaks your heart. I mean, because they've had their innocence, both Mm -hmm. Jonah and Charlotte have had their innocence taken from them, you know, and they haven't, their childhoods got cut short by everything that's, that's been since they moved to the Ozarks and they found out what their parents were really up to. And, you know, they've had to be adults and, it's sad and tragic how they've gotten dragged down into it and they're no longer innocent and they are just as complicit as their parents, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of this, you could kind of, do you blame them, you know, for, for how they carried it out? I mean, they're kids. You can't really fault them. They're kids. So. Right. Or any other points? I, I had one other point about Camilla. I just thought she she never once raised her voice in this entire season. She's so good. <laughs> she never broke a sweat. Mm-hmm. She never looked upset. She just delivered everything in this cool, deadly way yeah. that was so amazing. And I loved the standoff between her and Ruth. Even then, very calm, cool, almost like... It's not personal, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you killed my son. Um, I have to kill yeah, you. You get it. For it's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Eye for an eye. I thought she did such a great job. Although she wants to be the cartel leader and on top. Like, I thought all of that was secondary to her getting vengeance for her son. Yeah. I agree. That was just a little note yeah. I Yeah. I'm with you. The, the actress playing Camilla was fascinating to watch i've mentioned before she scared me more than omar did and omar i thought was pretty darn scary but yeah her her cool calm demeanor was fascinating and she i like that she spoke in a quiet soft measured voice you know when they say one of the tricks to get people to pay attention to you is to like speak quietly because it makes people have to pay attention um, because maybe, you know, they, you're not loud or being boisterous or something. You have, people have to pay attention to hear you. Clearly, I have never learned that lesson. <laughs> that never stuck with me. But I always remembered it. That, to me, is is part of what captivates. Because it's like you just really have to listen to what she says. Because she, she speaks in a very measured tone. And she speaks softly. So I'm like, she makes you pay attention to her. She makes you listen to what she's saying because she is speaking in that way. Thought she was great. And I think she's probably going to make a hell of a, a cartel lady boss. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'd watch that show. That's been <laughs> <awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple other notes. 
I thought it was really gross how Wendy was tickled pink that Marty threatened Ruth for her. She said it twice, once while she was talking to Ruth, and then when she gets in the car. She sees it as proof of his love, which is really gross, but she knew where they were at. (laughs) (laughs) What other notes? The Wendy and Nathan scene, when Wendy tells him about the money. Wendy and Nathan were so hard because they're both so bad, Mm -hmm. but yet... Like, you know, one of the reasons why Wendy is bad is because of Nathan. She's a product. Yes. Yeah. So it's really hard. But like when she said, you get to do all this, you get to have all these things that are important to you. You just don't get to hurt me. That was so true of what was happening. And it made me really happy for Wendy in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Nathan says... I guess you're really proud of yourself. And Wendy says, not at all. But then she turns around and she just has this smug smirk on her face. (laughs) And I'm like, actually, she is really proud of herself for that. (laughs) I mean, I could talk about Wendy endlessly, but that's probably the last of my Wendy notes. She's a fascinating, I mean, holy hell, the fun I think Laura Linney probably had playing her. I mean, oh my gosh, I that would it's be so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to really mm-hmm. dig your teeth into that uh, type of character. And mm-hmm. she just freaking nailed it. She was always fascinating to watch for me. It was always fun to see. She always had a tell when she was getting ready to lie and manipulate someone. When she started like with her hand gestures or when she, she'd flash that Wendy smile. It was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wendy, mm-hmm. Wendy's starting some shit, or she yeah. she's got something going when she start with the hand, these hand gestures. And I can't do it, but you know like, her hand gestures and her smile. I was like, uh oh, something's coming. She just great character, and I mean all the awards to the entire cast, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for, for their performances because they're just absolutely brilliant. And the only other thing I thought about, like, what do you think's going to happen to Rachel and three after this? I guess, yeah, it, it leaves you kind of in the dark because with Ruth gone, I assume all of the shares just go to Rachel and then she's the one laundering money for the cartel and FBI through the casino. But that's nothing she ever wanted to do. Right. Uh, so that's unfortunate. I mean, that's just another, even if she doesn't die, that's another casualty of, of dreams and aspirations and hopes left in the wake of the birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then three. Again, I, I assume that all the rest of, you know, probably everything but the shares of the casino that Ruth had go to him. Does he continue building this nice house and pool and stuff on their land and try to live the dream that, that Ruth wanted? Or like you said, if he knows what's good for him, maybe just, you know, get the fuck out of Dodge and start a life new somewhere else. Yeah. I um, unfortunately think most people don't do that and yeah. they stay. They stay to what's familiar Mm-hmm. and the lifestyle that's familiar. And so I don't have a lot of hope for either of them, really. Yeah. At least three has no connections or wrong place, wrong time with any of the cartel stuff, as far as I know. So at least he should be safe from that. Except that he's now the biggest landowner in that yeah. county. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Um, um, I've got some other random notes. But, okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Of course, we haven't talked about the opening title card symbols this episode yet. Oh, yes. Uh, Let's dig into that. Of course. You know, the big, oh, okay, so Z, 
It's the shattered glass from when Mel broke in and stole uh, Ben's ashes. Uh, a is the coffee pot, which was a really interesting one for me because not only is it like a, a symbol, but it also is like a symbol, you know, theme in the episode. Uh, because the, the coffee pot is, you know, Wendy is drinking coffee in the BHC while Marty and Camilla are sharing a pot of coffee over them talking about the plans for the FBI meeting and mm-hmm. what to do with Navarro. So it's like these two things that were in the same scene with two different coffee pots with two different people. And it's showing that they're both kind of trapped in their own little prisons at those times right now that they're desperately trying to do what they can to get out of. So I thought that one was actually the, probably the most powerful image. Strangely enough was, was the coffee pot are the bow tie, which I mean, yeah, big formal boat party. Everybody's <laughs> rocking those spiffy uh, bow ties. Uh, and then K is the outdoor grill. From Ruth, kind of imagining her family get together there, and Cade's grilling out and dropping burgers off for people, and yeah, so that's what those were. <laughs> and then let's see, just random little notes. We talked about Rachel, you know, that she was feeling bad and conflicted about killing Nelson, and Ruth was trying to assure her that he definitely deserved it. It was self-defense, kinda. It was preemptive self-defense. I mean, Nelson one hundred percent definitely would have killed Rachel, so. She really didn't have any other choice, but still, she was the one that took the lead on that mm-hmm. with Ruth telling her to. And it's, you know, Rachel is not the kind of person like the Langmores and the birds and the cartel. And Right. She's brushed with that element, but mm-hmm. she didn't choose that. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, Sam moved to North Carolina with the church. So. <laughs> Sam. Great for simple old Sam. Uh, just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just yeah, well, that works for him. And shockingly, he came out. I mean, he's he's like another. He's alive, but he's like a casualty of the birds too. Yes, mm-hmm. they wrecked his life. But oh, I'm, yeah. I'm his happy. Mother he's is gone. He was on his own, no direction in life. Ended up with a gambling addiction and and all kinds of weird relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he thanks Wendy for always having his back, which Wendy just got uh, this look on her face. Yeah, like, no, she's like, you are that dumb, aren't you? It's like, you, he clearly doesn't see that he was just being manipulated and used in yeah. every twist and turn. I, I hope the best uh, for him. I don't think, right. you know, joining, moving to North Carolina and joining that congregation. I mean, maybe it, it, it will be good, but I feel like if he's got Nathan in his life, then that's not such a great thing. But I, I mm. wish the best for poor Sam because he, he was another casualty yeah. of the birds. And then the last one, just a random little thing. Uh, Jonah and Charlotte talking at the party at the casino. And Jonah makes plans for them to go get shakes at Portello's when they get back to Chicago. Yeah. And I was like, yep, I'm so in on that plan because uh, Portillo's was one of my favorite things about being in Chicago. (laughs) It is. They got all kinds of good stuff. Mm. (laughs) I was like, oh, I've been there. I know what they're talking about. Mm." (laughs) I've never been to Chicago except for flying through it. (laughs) I've not been there, but I have enjoyed some uh, yummy, you know, Chicago style deep dish pizza. Mm. Any notes, Rima? I've got a few. I really liked Marty in this episode. I think that after that episode where he lost his shit and beat up that dude in the in the car pileup, what are you going to call it, where they were stuck in the intersection, it's definitely been a little bit of a different Marty than, than what we've seen. We've finally seen him not taking it anymore. I think he's had enough of, of Wendy and everyone else. And 
when he was confrontational with Ruth. It's hard to say that I liked it. I just thought it was an interesting side of Marty when, you know, she gets up from the out from the pool and he's, of course, has to throw in his um, typical, I think, more of a Jason Bateman sarcasm there. He's like, uh, did you get enough mud on you? And, you know, she's like, just tell me what you fucking want. And he's like, OK, yeah, you've got to help me get my kids back. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? She's, and he's like, I'm not. Javi's mom knows that Navarro did not kill Javi and she wants answers. Unless you help me get my kids back, I'm going to tell her exactly what happened. And I remember hearing that and I was like, oh, shit. You know, and I was like, I think he's serious, you know, and Ruth doesn't quite know how to take that because, I mean, Marty's always been the one to kind of defend Ruth, try to, you know, um, keep her out of harm's way, try to keep her out of danger and try to talk her out of doing things that could put her in danger. And she's like, are you really willing to get me killed? And he goes, I didn't shoot Javi. And she's like, why am I responsible for your family? And he's like, because I don't know what else to do. Wendy's checked herself in the same fucking hospital that Ben was in, says she's not leaving until she gets her kids back and she says that's not my business he goes the fuck it isn't you killed javi you refused to launder and you stole jonah and made it so that you might be the only person he'll actually still listen to so it's all your business and she's like well what am i supposed to do if he doesn't listen to me and he goes i don't know fucking kidnap him kill wendy's dad i don't give a fuck what you do <laughs> yeah. but if, you get, if my kids get in that van they go to north carolina i'm telling javi's mom everything and i was just sitting there i was floored after that i was like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> This is a different side of Marty that I'm, you know, I'm not used to seeing, but it definitely kind of let you, kind of gave you the little window of there at the end when they're at the the party for the foundation, and they come to that because I feel like it's almost Wendy that's struggling. I think I, I think you called that out, Wendy, that it was almost more Wendy kind of struggling with once Camilla knew and that she was going to go after Ruth, she almost seemed to struggle more with it than Marty did. But again, I want to remind about the car crash. You know, this is a pivotal event for for the birds. No, they had this near-death experience, right? And now their entire focus is keeping the family together and keeping each other safe. And Marty did say anything that we try to do is like committing suicide. And Camilla had threatened, you know, like you said, Charlotte and Jonah. If they try to warn Ruth. So who's he supposed to choose? Right. Ruth or his family. Uh, that I don't know what options there are. I don't know that there was a better solution in um, what they could have done to, to try and, and save Ruth in that moment. I don't I don't have the answers. And I think Marty finally came to this realization that Ruth was her own worst enemy. You know, she had this lack of self-control. I feel like there's only so many times that she can talk shit to people, a room for, full of powerful people, and not not pay the consequences for it. And she didn't seem to grasp that at all. He told her not to kill Javi, told her that, you know, she was playing this dangerous game when she said that she wouldn't allow them to launder the money for the cartel at the casino. And I don't know if she was either unable or unwilling to understand those consequences uh, or the potential consequences of that. I thought it was an in- interesting side of Marty anyway that um, what, that we typically see. And, you know, just the, the decision for the family in the end that they're going to find a way to cope with what they did. I mean, I, I know that they, they took Ruth's, what, what was happening to Ruth. You know, they were very, I think they felt the weight of that. But I think that they're going to find a way to go on. I feel like they've convinced themselves that nothing is too costly when it comes to protecting their family. But I think there's also, is the ends going to justify the means? A couple things. I thought 
Wendy was more worried about how Marty would be able to go on from there mm-hmm. than totally. she was about Ruth. I mean, I definitely think she wasn't going to give Ruth up without being backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. But I think she was she knew that Ruth and Marty had a special relationship. And I think she was worried about what that was going to do to Marty more than her. Because I think of the two, she's the more ruthless one. And she, she knows is. that. Yeah, she is for sure. And the other thing is Jonah and Charlotte don't know about Ruth. Right. Yeah. How are they going to react right. when they find out? Right. That's, I think, dangerous and an unknown mm-hmm. what, what that might do to them in their family unit. Yeah, it just sucked because I felt like they were going to be able to, Ruth was going to be able to get away with this. They had all said that they weren't going to say anything because they got the kids back and, you know, they had promised not to to get that. There was no reason for that to come out, but they did not take into account Claire Shaw, that she was, she was the mm-hmm. wild card. She was mm-hmm. the variable in all of this that I don't think even Marty accounted for. Man, the looks that transpired uh, across the table there when, when, when she bloop, just blurted that out, she put that truth bomb right out mm-hmm. there. And it was like, uh, oh my God. Yep. There was no, no, no talking uh, out of that at all. And, I mean, I feel like there's some loose ends. I feel like they they might have, they, the birds, maybe think that they've tied off their last uh, loose end with Mel Saddam uh, murdering him. And I do think he was murdered when the, 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 I know it cut to black, but when the gunshot went off, you could hear the breaking of the ceramic that Mel was holding. Oh, now I got to go back. Yeah, you could hear. (laughs) I didn't notice that. So I feel like that to me was a tell that he was he he was shooting Mel. He he hit him um and shot him because you could hear the glass or, or for not the glass but the ceramic breaking. So, but I do think there are there could be other loose ends. Ruth kind of had this confession uh to the acting sheriff uh, Ronnie was his name, right? Um before the finale and she gave all of the details uh regarding her involvement with the Navarro cartel and that kind of gives Ronnie a trail to go on, right? It could at least le- lead him to the birds. And I know that I think we talked about it a little bit, like, why did Ruth do that? And I think that was to help, for, you know, get the guy that is accused of why it's murder to, you know, somehow get him free and to clear her conscience. But I think that once Ruth comes up either, and I don't know what's, well, like, what are they going to do with Ruth? Or are they going to take care? Is she going to be disappeared? Or is someone going to find her so either she's going to be missing or she's going to be dead right i think she's going to be disappeared <laughs> maybe but if she comes up missing i mean it's it's going to be bad either way if she comes up missing if he starts digging a little bit you know and then again we know mel uh was uh, reinstated back to the chicago police force what if you know the chicago police get in touch with the police from the ozarks and they start again doing some more investigating i think it's just feel like there's still some loose ends out there is mm-hmm. is is my point it's not as clean cut for them as is what what they think it might be i agree i i think the show just keeps going on yeah. like we don't mm-hmm. see it but i think there's still this step leads to that step leads to the next one and it goes on and on and And maybe it won't matter because like maybe they are now untouchable politically they have all of these political powerhouses in their corner that can 
clear the way for them, brush all that under the rug or talk to the right people and snuff out any potential investigations maybe. But I feel like it doesn't tie it up completely. And <laughs> one last little note, <laughs> it was a good advertisement for the van in the, in the show for um, it was tested well, I think for crash safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. A, a side note. If you have. <laughs> Although I've seen people online that are like the real crazy, like nitpicker kind of people that have like the exact make and model and year of that van and being like, there's no way, you know, I just push the note. Actually, <laughs> there's no way that it would flip that many times without the airbags going off because they're set to this pressure. And this I'm yeah, assuming no. the airbags <laughs> did go off. Probably. I would assume yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was. Yeah. For them to like just crawl out of there like and walk away unscathed. without a cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty unrealistic, especially like in the back seat of a minivan. That's not a good place mm-hmm. to be. Because it feels, I think, like Jonah and Charlotte were like on opposite ends of where they started on that. Yeah. Van. <laughs> yep. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the farewell to Ozark. I watched that. It really helped me to have closure with the show. Oh, I watched it today, and I have watched the show a couple times since Thursday. Or Wednesday, whenever we last recorded. You see all the actors talking about the show and how much of a family it was. It really helps to see that sense of community between all of them. A few interesting tidbits. Because, you know, I didn't dare Google anything this whole season. Yep. So it was really nice to have that. Wyatt and Darlene's romance started out as a joke in the writer's room. And that they ultimately decided to go with it. I thought that was really funny. They they yeah. told both actors, like, what was your reaction to that? It was pretty funny. They were really cool about it. It's funny. Sophia Hublitz and Skylar Gartner, who played Charlotte and Jonah, grew up on the set. They were 13 and 16 when the show started, and now they're 18 and 21. And I think that was really cool. What a great mm-hmm. experience for them. It was especially great and somehow comforting to see and hear Julia Garner talk about how much playing Ruth has changed her life in such positive ways and how she felt about the character's death. I think she thought that was a good ending for Ruth. And if anything, I I don't think she was upset in a way like that we'd hear like Walking Dead actors get upset when they get that call. Sure. Because it's the end of the series. It's the pivotal moment. And so I think she was really happy with that arc for her character. Mm Mm-hmm. And somehow that made it feel a little better. They showed that that, um, Ruth's age, she was 23 when she died. Oh, okay. I was wondering. Mm -hmm. They showed like Ruth Langmore and I think it was 1999 to 2022 or something like that. And so I did the math on that. Jason Bateman directed nine episodes of Ozark, including the finale. Mm -hmm. So good. Laura Linney directed one in the last season and Robin Wright directed two episodes in the last season. I remember seeing her name and thinking, oh, holy Mm -hmm. hell. Yeah, that was cool. I know. Uh, Those are the things you just don't dare. Like, you can't go on Mm -hmm. IMDb. No! Stay away. But that's it for me. I I, I highly recommend watching yeah. that. It made me feel a lot better about things. I, I need to watch it. I, I saw it on there and I just have not had a, a, a moment. And I was still kind of decomp- And I still wanted to have a, 
it was either that or a second watch of the the episode. So of course the second watch mm-hmm. uh, in prep for this one out, but I saw it and I'm like, I, I need to go in there and watch that. So yeah, that's, that's good to know. Um, I, I think it'll, it'll help me to help me kind of process and see what everyone has to say about their characters and, you know, how they felt about, cause I mean, to me, it's about the story that they want to tell. If this is how they decided it needed to go, then, you know, I can, I can get to a place of peace for that. So I'll have to check that out yep. when I have some free time, whenever that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Any other notes, final notes, points, any final farewells? That's it. No, but I really appreciate you taking this project on. Oh, are you kidding me? It wouldn't be happening without you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad you gave me a forum to do it because I had so many feelings about Mm. the show. And it was just really fun. And I feel like I enjoyed it so much better being watching it week to week and talking about it with Yeah. Well, thank you for taking it on and pushing me to, I feel like this is, gosh, I've said it so many times, we should be covering the show, we should be covering the show, and it just never (laughs) fell right. And we always have so much going on, um, or there's a conflict in the schedule. Thank you so much for approaching me with this, because I'm like, hell yes, let's do it. I'll figure it out. And I want to do it. So thank you so much for all of your hard work. Um, that you put into this could it. be a new trend. We'll just do like the last two episodes of every <laughs> yeah. series. Yeah, why not? Yeah, this was a different one to take on. Oh, let's cover just a second yeah. half of the final season. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm glad we I, did. I thought it was well it was worth so it. well worth it. And I love taking a deep dive into these. This this show deserved a good, you know, companion podcast. And not to toot our own horns, I think though we did a pretty good job with that. You know, and and mm-hmm. you know, giving everyone something to listen to and companion and, and kind of process their feelings about it. And I hope, hopefully we've helped a, a few folks along the way kind of process, allow them to process and also allow us to process. So I appreciate everyone listening to us and allowing us to get our feelings out yeah, about it, the show. It was definitely great. I mean, you know, with my schedule, I could only be here for two episodes, this one and another earlier. So most of the coverage, you know, most of the episodes, I was just listening to the two of you talk to as a fan and as a listener. <laughs> and yeah, it, definitely does make it so much better and to really just hear thoughts and emotions and feelings on all of these things going on and just getting some you know you know remembering things things that that happened that you might have overlooked or you know just getting different uh viewpoints on certain things and and character arcs and and yeah you guys did an amazing job and i'm glad that i got to be on for the little bit that i was uh it's it's fun to talk I'm happy that you were here. So thanks again Definitely. to you, Peg, for joining us. Thank you, Wendy, for leading this and pushing me to do it. This was great. Not in a bad way, but like, hey, let's do this. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. Kind of <laughs> kind of what I needed. So thank you. This is, it's been great. I'm, I am going to miss this show. I am. Um, I look forward to one day. I'm going to have to sit with it for a while. One of the, these heavy shows I always have to sit with for a while and process before I do a rewatch, but I'm excited to one day go back and explore it again and kind of relive it all um, a little bit because it was a hell of a ride. So mm-hmm. big, big, big kudos to everyone involved with the show that gave it to us. I loved it. Well, considering that we're now at the end, I think I saw some news there, Wendy, if if you're if yeah. you have a couple of news items or whatever you'd like to cover now that we're able to go out and Google and read <laughs> fun things. Yeah. <laughs> 
So. I'll take the sure. first one. This is a Vanity Fair article by Julie Miller regarding how the showrunners ra- came up with the finale. Showrunner Chris Mundy tells Vanity Fair that the writer's room argued spiritedly about which of the show's still standing characters, birds included, would survive the finale. Considering that so many people who crossed Marty and Wendy during their criminal descent wound up dead. Ultimately, the room wrote the finale in accordance with its season four credo, building a myth, creating a mm. curse, which really fits well That's... in with what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Monday promises that he and Ozark's writers did not go into writing the final season thinking that Ruth would die, but keeping her alive started to feel like something the writers wanted instead of what would have actually happened. He explained, We felt like there were no repercussions from anything, and that if you thought about it truthfully, about the way it worked with the birds' relationship to the Ozarks and the people they came in contact with, and certainly the Langmore family, none of those people are standing. Mm -hmm. It felt too clean to have everybody get a damaged but happy ending. It felt like a fairy tale ending to something that we were trying to make, not a fairy tale. But in plotting out the death of such a beloved character, it was important to Mundy that her fate be self-propelled. So Ruth's death is a direct result of her decision to avenge Wyatt's death by killing Javi. I wanted everybody to have active choices in the last seven episodes pointing out that Ruth had a decision to make after Javi killed her cousin Wyatt earlier in season four. Ruth could go for revenge or not, and she knows if she did, it is going to unleash things that might end up with her getting harmed. In a separate conversation, Garner says she had a vision of Ruth dying before Mundy told her about her character's end. One of the questions was, what are you afraid of at the moment? Her response was, she's going, she's afraid to die. Moments later, Garner says she received a phone call from Mundy. I said, Chris, am I dying? He said, who told you? <laughs> the, the plot t- twist is all the more shocking considering that in the let up episodes, things seem to suddenly be working out for Ruth. She even manages to get her criminal record expunged. When I point this out, Garner says, not to sound really dark, but she already died when Wyatt died. Good things were happening to her in the final episodes, but it still wasn't filling that void. If she got hit by a car, she wouldn't care. If there was a gun being pointed at her, she wouldn't care. That acceptance, it's really dark, but that's really what it is. I think that's really good. Makes sense. I agree. As sad as what it was, I think it it just had to be true to the show. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Do you want me to take that next one there? Yeah. Okay. So will there be a season five of Ozark? So this is an article by Selena Barrientos um, from Good Housekeeping. So it starts out uh, throughout its epic run. Ozark had many twists and turns, but nothing could have prepared fans for the heart wrenching season four finale. um, Jason Bateman directed drama that said it might not actually be the end. Um, So after witnessing Ruth Langmore's death and the Bird's family survival, lots of folks immediately took to social media to call for the Netflix show to keep going. As viewers know, Ozark Uh, Season 4, Part 2, was the highly anticipated conclusion. Still, this hasn't stopped fans from asking for more, including a fifth installment. Season 5 has to happen, one person wrote on Instagram. Is there going to be a movie now? Another added. 
Though the original Ozark series is definitely finished, some people aren't off base to request a different kind of extension. I'd love to see a spinoff or continuation of some sorts. Make this a franchise, a different fan said. As it turns out, Ozark's showrunner Chris Mundy has considered this possibility with some clear limits. So in a recent interview with TV Line, the executive producer revealed that although Ozark spinoff isn't currently in the works, it's an idea that he seriously thought about. It's definitely something that people have talked about a bunch. There's nothing definitive, he told the outlet. We're lucky that people seem to really like the show, so there's obviously going going to be some interest there. With that in mind, Chris discussed how a spinoff could use Ozark as a jumping point. There are still ways to stay inside the show and revisit things, he said, but noted that not everyone might be happy about the franchise growing without a particular businesswoman. I'm sure people probably would have been happier if Ruth was out there, he said. So why won't there be an Ozark season five? According to the creator, he wanted to close the door before diving into another related project. It was really important for me to end the show, he told the site. This is the work we did, we did our best, and we hope people like it. And then anything that spins off from it would be its own distinct thing, even though it's in our universe. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you want more? Do you think there should be more? Spinoffs or another Um, season or a movie? I'm not fully opposed to the idea if it's an idea that is is worthwhile, worth taking. I I think just to cash in on, on, on fan... You know, support maybe not the best idea. Uh, you know, I've seen so many times mm-hmm. where sequels and things get cranked out just for money. You know, and right, and there's not really any heart to it. I, I feel like if years go by and these creators and stuff still feel like there is more story to tell in that world that, and they come up with something that is worth telling, then mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with it. But but just to to do it really fast, just for the <laughs> effect of it, like nah, it's. Not needed. I would find it hard to believe Jason Bateman and Laura Linney would be on board with that, maybe. But I'm I'm betting they want to get back to movies. Yeah. Um, and Better Call Saul is one that comes to mind that I wouldn't have thought it would have worked out so well. And I haven't seen all of it, but I know it's acclaimed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've even heard people say it's better than Breaking Bad. So you never know what could happen. Yeah. There's definitely the characters on there are very dynamic and some of them could definitely hold their own. Mm-hmm. I think if it was in uh, in an organic kind of way, mm-hmm. if there was a story worth telling, I wouldn't want them to do it like, oh, well, people just want more. So let's just give them more for the sake of doing it. Because then I don't think it's going to be the quality. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think if they had a real story to tell in an organic kind of way, uh, whether or not it involved the birds or whether it was like something in that Ozark world, I mean, sure, there's there's potential there, but it needs to be in in um, it's got to serve the story, not mm-hmm. the audience. Sorry, that's yeah. how <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. As much as I always want more of a show, it's it's got to serve the story. It yep. can't it can't be all about what the audience right. wants. We got a lot of listener responses this week. Sure did. And it wasn't because I went into this not reading anything. I actually copied and pasted the listener responses before I even looked up any news articles or looked on IMDb or watched The Farewell to Ozark. So I was a little surprised. A lot of people were not satisfied with this ending Uh, and did not like mm -hmm. this ending. So I just want to point out that even though 
I kind of came to an accepting place. I totally understand how you could <laughs> feel that way. So I, I don't want people to think that their opinions are invalid or anything like that. I totally understand such a strong, compelling show with these characters that we've become so invested in. It wouldn't surprise me at all if people feel that way right now. Oh, yeah, I totally just because and I'll just speak for myself that I've come to a certain conclusion and a certain peace and acceptance. I mean, I still have some thoughts and I don't I don't think I've finished processing things yet, but I've come to a, a more acceptance of of the show. I totally get others feelings on it and they're valid. If you don't agree with us, that's OK. We don't all have to agree. We all we're not one mind. You know, we all <laughs> have our own thoughts, feelings and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. Agreed. I'll go ahead and take the first one. Okay. It's Gijo Puthia. I did not realize that this was the last season. I thought they would show how the birds solidified their power, or trying to at least. It feels incomplete to me. I read that some of the actors want to do a fifth season, which interpret as them feeling the same. Fingers crossed. That's what made me go on my news venture about the fifth season. There were some clickbait titles that literally said fifth season confirmed dates. Here are the dates. Here's all the information. (laughs) And then when you actually read the article, the confirmation was there is no fifth season. (laughs) Right. Fifth season confirmed to not be happening. (laughs) Exactly. I hate the news. I hate those articles. (laughs) I know. That's why I tried to find, like, something sort of reputable, like Vanity Fair or Good Mm -hmm. Housekeeping, because, like, if you went to, like, Esquire or things like that, you were getting a lot of clickbait. Right. (laughs) I know. feel that. Okay. Pig, do you want to take that next one? All right. This one comes from Lindsay Schlicht. Says, your comparison of Wendy and Cersei a few episodes ago could not have been more accurate considering how much these writers also shit the bet on the ending. So much the same <laughs> as Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to be reading one that I uh, we've found we don't agree with, but that's okay. We still love you, Lindsay, a whole lot. Um, I welcome all opinions. <laughs> yes. She says, our Daenerys, a.k.a. Ruth, spent 95% of the series building her up to a tough, brilliant, but gentle-hearted badass we all love only to have her behavior get a little rocky in the end and have her go out being betrayed by someone she loved. Marty, a.k.a. our Jon Snow. Not only that, her death amounts to nothing as we're left to wonder what happens to her allies, like three, Frank Jr. and Rachel. Why did they bring Rachel back to have her do almost nothing for three episodes and get get no resolution for her? Our Jon Snow, a.k.a. Marty, portray him as a calm, competent, and also kind-hearted leader for most of the series, only to have him become a neutered, useless, and silent shell in the last season, where the most interesting interesting thing he does is betray Ruth, Daenerys, and get her killed. And our Cersei, a.k.a. Wendy, built her out to be the ultimate psychopath villain for most of the series, only to have her diminish to this staring zombie thing because she's lost her children. Wendy didn't go out by a load of bricks, but it might have been more interesting than the ambiguous ending we got. I don't understand how you spend multiple episodes building her into such a hated monster and we get no satisfaction to an end for her. If this had been a season finale, I'd be giving it an A+. There's so much more left to tell. What actually becomes of the birds, especially Jonah now? Does anyone avenge Ruth? What happens to the cartel under Camilla? What happens to Claire? I just can't imagine that the writers thought any fan would be satisfied with this as a series ender. I'm all for a little mystery and leaving parts of the story up to our imaginations, 
but giving us literally no ending except killing the one likable person left doesn't feel like an artistic license. It feels like sloppy writing disguises ambiguity. If you couldn't tell, I hated this for a finale. What a disappointment. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lindsay. Uh, I'm again, sorry. I enjoyed it a lot more, but I will say your points are valid. And yeah. you definitely yeah, points are valid. have reasons to be upset because, yeah, I mean, the things you said weren't wrong. <laughs> well, and I, I do believe it leaves you wondering, like, I couldn't help but think where are all these characters going to be in the next year, the next five years? As she brings that up, I'm like, yeah, where the fuck is Frank Jr.? <laughs> like, I loved that little burgeoning relationship, uh, you know, of buddies that they had. And, and that kind of, I guess, just got eaten up into other things they needed to cover. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like Marty betrayed Ruth. I know he didn't want to, and it wasn't his choice, but it did feel like a betrayal. Yeah, I, fe- I feel mm. the same on that, Lindsay. Yeah, I can I can agree with some of that. But you know, um, and and like I said, I'm not going to try to argue and make anyone see my side of things and how I see it. I I feel everyone comes to their own conclusions and has their feelings. And that's valid. Because I don't like when somebody pushes their shit on me. So I'm not going to push it on anyone else. I, I do feel like sometimes we just don't get everything wrapped up in a happy little bow. Not all not all stories have that ending. We just have to kind of, it's kind of left for you to imagine where everyone is at and what's, what's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, we just don't always get that. I don't think there's any way to always tie up everyone's stories. We can always wonder, well, what happened to this character and what happened to that character? So for me, I just, I have to be like, we're just not going to always get that. It reminded me a lot of The Sopranos, how The Sopranos ended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's been a lot of comparisons Mm -hmm. um, to that. Alma Contreras says, I thought part of this finale was weak and part needed to be the way it ended. As much as I wanted Ruth to make it, there was no way she could get off clean because she killed Javi. Did we really think she could murder a cartel boss and have no repercussions? Marty tried to reason with Ruth because he knew it would be out of his hands if she pulled that trigger. The big theme I saw in this whole last part of the season was that of getting clean. No one involved in this business had clean hands, and no matter how much washing, no one was going to come out clean, even the kids. Perhaps the saddest part of the series was how Jonah ultimately ended up. Personally, I didn't care for that detective guy. I had expected Nelson to take him out long before he came back at the birds. Were y'all shocked with him figuring out about the cookie jar? LOL, all because he could never get a cookie out of it. Um, <laughs> yes, there were some ends that got left in time, but I felt the series ended pretty well with a shocking kill. I was left speechless. Look forward in hearing y'all's thoughts. I think we talked about the cookie jar a little bit um, mm. last episode because I was like, Jonah just left the freaking cookie jar up on right. the counter. There's Is there evidence there? I know I got super morbid talking about could there be testing? Is there anything remaining and it was weird because if you have a cookie jar it's in one place i mean my my mother had a cookie monster cookie jar in the same place my entire life right Mm -hmm. why does it keep getting moved (laughs) and like everywhere mel goes there's that yeah it's it's at ruth's house now it's at the motel now the birds have what's going on yeah 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 so rebecca Cantu davidson hi rebecca Says, nope, did not like this ending. I'm so angry about this ending. Ruth deserved better. We got no resolution for the birds. Jonah fully broke bad, or at least we're left assuming that he killed Mel. Mm -hmm. Wendy got away with all the bullshit she did while dragging Marty and the kids along. 
I hate their car crash storyline because it was literally a play on our emotions and had no impact on the story. I knew Camilla would avenge Javi's death, but goddammit, Claire, couldn't lie for shit. <laughs> I knew it was Camilla that ordered the hit on Navarro because when Marty was in Mexico and on the phone with Wendy, when she was telling him about Navarro and the SDN list, Marty said something like, I can't imagine who else would order that hit. And Camilla came out of the house right behind him as if answering the question. Mm -hmm. I think Marty knew it was her too. How Navarro would be so naive to not realize his own sister would order the hit, given he claimed to have killed her child. Anyway, another amazing show now clouded by a shitty ending. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I I do. <laughs> yeah. All the feel people got to process. It's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. That's what we're here for. I will validate a lot of these points because even mm -hmm. I see the themes that they're going for. I understand why they wrote the things that they did and I can appreciate them, but I mean, I'll say does this go in my top 5 show finales of all time? No, I don't think so. I <laughs> I think it is not, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe not top five, but maybe top ten. I feel pretty satisfied, but I think partially because we're podcasting on it, but partially similarly to Game of Thrones, like I'm pretty able to compartmentalize my feelings about the characters and what I want mm -hmm. and just kind of sit back and let it do its thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know that's hard. But I still love Game of Thrones the last season. Me too. Do I recognize it could have been different? Yes. It was rushed. I totally get that. I wished we had two full seasons, those last two seasons. Maybe five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm better able to just kind of go into it accepting whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when, when Mel there at the end is like, you know, you, you just can't get away with it that's not how the world works and when he's like isn't it isn't it though and i mean right yeah it it just you know the the bad guys won right. in this one and sometimes the bad guys do win um yeah so yeah, like i said I, I i know i came to a little bit more of a place of peace with it and not everyone does and that's okay i know i'm going off topic but do you think mel had been drinking he sounded a little drunk, didn't he? Yeah, I just thought about that. All those years he had been clean. Mm -hmm. Now I have to go back. I know. I don't know that it, it, it's not like he had a bottle in his hand or anything. I have to watch but that ending. he almost he right. almost looked a little, yeah, a little drunk. Yeah, like it had just been like haunting him and yeah, terrorizing. He'd been on a rough ride since yeah. he left. Yep. Ugh. All right, we do have a few more. Uh, this next one is from Don Elizabeth read that one it says wow i just finished watching this episode i am in finale shock ruth died i knew it had to happen especially when we saw her reminiscing with her dead family members i really couldn't go it couldn't really go any further away but shit she was trying so hard to become a better person it just wasn't fair at least she went out being the strong woman she was and effing wendy lives i cried like a baby about ruth and i really wished i had all of you to talk to i don't think i was upset about anyone else dying except perhaps wyatt Working back from the ending, when I saw the broken glass window, I realized that was what Ozark opening picture was about. I had thought it was about the car crash. Now that, would anyone really be able to get out of that without, without barely a scratch? Um, no. I do not think that accident was just that. It wasn't just a setup, just wrong time, wrong place. 
I was surprised to see Mel again. I knew that cookie jar would get people in trouble. We didn't see if Jonah really shot Mel. If it's one of those, if you don't see him die, is he really dead situations? But I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I'll just throw in some other thoughts I had because I'm having a hard time getting them all organized. I thought Charlotte looked beautiful in that gown. I thought Claire was going to pull it off, not telling the truth about Javi. She looked pretty confident until Camilla told her how she would have her killed. I'm glad that Nathan didn't get the kids, kind of. If this wasn't the ending of the show, I don't see how the Bird family would ever really be out of the cartel, and perhaps the kids would be safer away. They would be in a different situation, perhaps not such a dangerous one. I actually thought that it was Nathan waiting outside at the end by the broken window. I liked the scene at the beginning when the hospital aide was pouring Wendy's coffee and it became Marty pouring coffee for Camilla. Good scene change. Thank you again for doing such a great podcast. What a ride this one has been. And now on to Stranger Things. Glad you're doing that one too. Best to you all. That's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Joanna Hetzler says, one comment. They implied that Jonah killed that PI, but I think the writers got it wrong. John Jonah was always the one fighting for his uncle and hated that his family was covering it up. I don't believe Jonah would kill the man who was trying to get justice for Ben. Wendy, yes. Jonah, no. Interesting. And because there was some lively conversation in the feedback section of Strange Indeed <laughs> for this finale episode, I'll read Alma's uh, response to Joanna's comment. She wrote, but Jonah ultimately is loyal to his family and Mel was threatening them. Mm-hmm. So it was well within his character. The final scene reminded me of season one when he first picked up that shotgun. Yeah. yeah. That I think that's what we were talking about, too, is just it kind of finally comes okay. down to the safety of the family mm-hmm. and solidified that. And I think that I think he did and he, shoot Mel. I think he was a bit indoctrinated. You know? Totally. He was. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. And again, him pointing that gun and the cut to black and that gunshot that wrecked me more than Ruth dying. Like it was just what that represented to Jonah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to thank everyone for sticking with us. Um, I know we picked up the show a little late and of course doing it week by week, you know, it kind of fades from people's memories and people move on. So it was really great to see um, all of our listeners engaged in leaving this feedback. So thank you all so much. Um, I, I, I appreciate everyone's thoughts on this we all have differing opinions and that's okay um i know mine's not always a popular opinion either so i'm not saying that's that these are unpopular but i know that a lot of times people don't agree with me is what i mean so um it was very divisive i I think a lot of these comments that i'm hearing in the in our listeners is a pretty I think more of the majority that I'm hearing than the people liking it honestly i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm in the minority with my thoughts so yeah i saw that it got mostly favorable reviews and i think it has a 73 on rotten tomatoes so i think it is divided and i think you can see why yeah it it makes sense i think it i think the critics critics really liked it i don't think it was hugely popular with the audience i think the audience is mostly Mm -hmm. unsatisfied and i i totally understand it i do it's really hard because they do such a great job of making you love these characters. Yeah. And then they go know, bad. And then <laughs> <laughs> they get they get that power, they get that greed. Right. And they ultimately win. And we don't like to see the bad guys win. So it's it's hard to yeah. to swallow an ending like that. Cuz yeah, you want you want your your 
you want the good guys to get their justice and you want the good guys to come out on top and I get it. Thank you everyone so much. Um, thank you for following us to the Ozarks and being on this journey with us. And until then you can follow us on Twitter at strange Tcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger Tcast. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com, and you can find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Be sure to leave a review for Strange Indeed at Apple Podcasts. A lot going on at Podcastica right now. Uh, We have started Stranger Things, of course, that premiered last Friday, so we are well into our coverage uh, for that. yeah, that was you and Sean did a great job with. Thank you. That season premiere. That was I listened to that on my flight back home from <laughs> Vegas, and it was so good. I was kind of like a little bummed. I was like, oh, I don't get to be on the premiere episode, but I know. But it also felt like a great time. It was like, oh yeah, old times listening to Rima and Sean break mm-hmm. down Stranger Things. Like ah, it was so good. Yeah. So I'm- now I've got big shoes to fill. I don't know, if Sean coming back on for more. Is that a thing we're going to keep under wraps or? You know, I, uh, I I don't I have no commitments, but the door is always open. So, of you know, I, I'd love to uh, if he would love to join us for another episode, I would be happy to have have him back, mm-hmm. of course, for our flagship show. So um, I certainly don't discount that, but I don't have anything. I have no secrets, at least for the moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that was just the first and only one that I kind of kept under wraps as a surprise for everyone. So, um, yeah. so yeah, full, full into our stranger things coverage, um, hell of a start to this season. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Oh yeah. Um, and then of course we just, I literally just before jumping on here with you guys wrapped, uh, the mid season finale of better call Saul with Jason and David that we're covering on podcastica. I know that there, um, Jason um, is also covering Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeehaw! Uh, from, from Disney Plus. That I'm really enjoying the hell out of that show. I so. loved it. That's another one that I've seen more negative than I expected because really? yeah. I thought those huh. first two episodes were. I've only seen the first one. Um, I thought they were incredible. And the actress that plays little Leia is an absolute spitfire. And I love that kid so so much. Uh, I love, and I love seeing them when they're young. Like that's not what I expected. And I'm, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the shit out of them too. Uh, so, so yeah, there's a lot of, go check out podcastica.com. A lot of great podcasts. There's something for everyone. Um, we've got a lot going on right now and there's a lot more to come. Um, Can we talk about House of the Dragon? <laughs> yes. It'll Do you be wanna... here before we realize. August, it. Wow. August 21st. Whew. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're going to, we're going to be covering that one, not here on Strange Indeed, but it will be on Podcastica, um, under the umbrella of, you know, the Podcastica network. There will be, um, a podcast dedicated to House of the Dragon because, um, hell yeah. Are we going to cover that? How can we not? You guys are going to have to take a restraining order out against me. <laughs> I have already um, <laughs> warned everyone that I am going to be completely insufferable. And I make zero yeah. apologies for it. Yeah, I am so, so thrilled for the show. I'm super excited. And I'm going to be completely un- insufferable. So I apologize in advance and sorry, but not sorry. 
So yeah, y'all just gonna have to, you don't have to listen to me though. Um, but <laughs> I'll be in- insufferable. And Wendy, you know, you know, you're going, you're going to be a part of that too. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. I'm Rima. I'm Wendy. And I'm Bake. And Erica Price is strange indeed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.